and welcome back to the Dreamcast. I am your host, Denise Walsh. I combine science, scripture, and stories that will inspire you to dive deep, break through your own personal glass ceiling, and design a life of your dreams. I believe that we can thrive in all areas of life at the same time. But where do we begin? Personally, financially, spiritually, relationally, and often because we don't know where to focus, we do nothing. At least that's the space I lived in for several years. I know what it feels like to constantly be spinning my wheels, and that's exactly why I created the Dream Life Daily Journal. After working through the Dream Life Action Planner, we need to do something every day so we actually take steps in the direction we desire. Throughout the years, I've developed success habits that have helped me to create a Dream 10 life in all areas by focusing on one area at a time. And I teach you exactly what to do each and every day in the Dream Life Daily Journal. You'll find a gratitude game every day to start the morning off right, a space for prayer, meditation, journaling, a space to write down your clear and intentional dream life goal with affirmations and visualizations connected to that goal. You'll then have a spot to write down your dream life action to-do list so you can be intentionally taking action towards your goal every single day. I know that by completing the Dream Life Daily Journal every day for at least 30 days, you can create momentum. And when you do that, my friends, you can live your dream life too. Check out the dreamlifetoolkit.com or Amazon to get your copy of the Dream Life Daily Journal today. Big, big welcome back to the Dreamcast. All right, you guys, I am super excited about our next guest because I believe if you are not thriving in this one area of life, it will absolutely domino effect and impact other areas too. What is this area of life that I believe is so foundational, you may ask? Well, it's your finances. When your finances are out of whack, Uh, Maybe you're in business for yourself, but you're not yet profitable, or maybe you're living paycheck to paycheck, or you're overwhelmed with debt. That impacts the way we sleep. It impacts our anxiety, and it's very hard to dream when we're living in this state of fear. When you feel like your finances are in order and or maybe abundantly profitable, then that gives you the dream space, the brain space to dream in other areas of life really taking control or or harnessing the power of our finances will domino effect and impact all other areas of our life. And our next guest is going to teach us how as business owners, we can do just that. She is a reformed corporate CFO, which means chief financial officer who's on a mission to help rule-breaking female entrepreneurs understand their numbers so they can gain the confidence needed to create sustainable profits. After spending 10 plus years in the boardroom as a CFO, she is now in her sweet spot as the co-owner of Kickstart Accounting, where she helps business owners with bookkeeping, financial analysis, and education, and is the author of the Profit Planner book series. When she isn't crunching numbers on her client's behalf or crafting the next iteration of the Profit Planner, you can find her hanging out with her two kids as she inspires them to lead their fullest lives or doing anything, almost everything related to fitness, ranging from Spartan races to Pilates. 
So yeah, all areas of life. I love that. We're going to have to talk about that too, because I just entered in my second bodybuilding competition. Oh, that's um, exciting. In May. So yeah, super exciting. Go. Yeah, that's awesome. Big Dreamcast. Welcome to Kickstart Accounting, Danielle Hayden. Oh, thank you so much for having me. And I really love the way you introduced the topic because, you know, really when your finances are in order, we hear from clients all the time, wow, growth feels really possible now, right? Like I had no idea if I was making money or losing money, or I thought I was losing money, but now I can see how profitable I am, or I can see where I'm spending money. Like now I can, I can have real goals, right? I can really, I can dream bigger because I know where I'm at today and how I can get there. So I love the way that you set that up. We didn't even talk about that before. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's so true. I find often we, we feel like we're on a hamster wheel. Um, we're spinning our wheels, maybe one step forward, two steps back, that kind of experience. And if we feel like we're on a firm foundation with our finances, then that can impact so many other things. So before we jump into what you're doing now, I'd love to hear how the heck you got here. Yeah. I was working full-time as the CFO. And during that experience, I had the opportunity of working with the investors of the companies, the, the mid-sized businesses, you know, like 10 to $20 million. Got to work with the management team and the CEO. And I learned so much during that time. And I was doing some volunteer work at a, a local chamber here in Ohio. And I was helping other entrepreneurs with their finances. And I said, wow, there's such an incredible need here entrepreneurs are not getting what they need in their finances and it's holding them back from what they really can be doing. And I left the boardroom and I went on a mission to help entrepreneurs get that same expertise I was giving to those CEOs and bring that to entrepreneurship. And our mission is to just completely transform entrepreneurs. And you say rule breaking female entrepreneurs. Tell me what you mean by that. So I just think that there's so many mindset issues, especially for women and especially in business. So people who are really ready to step into their power, they're business owners who are willing to break the mold of what they should be doing, of following all the rules of what their mom told them or their husband's telling them or, or society's telling them. People who are really willing to think bigger, dream bigger, um, and step into that role that's outside of their current model of life. Uh, I had to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I had to do that prior to my business. I was a clinical psychologist. And when I started my business, I had to learn how to not just be a good employee, right? Which is what yeah. I was taught in school, work hard. Yeah. Don't, someone will tell you what to do and you do it. Uh, I had to learn how to be an entrepreneur, which meant I was my own boss, which meant I was the one casting vision. I was the one setting my new goals and reverse engineering time management and figuring out all of this stuff. So there's a big learning curve, I think, for those that come from traditional school into the business world, uh, which is why mindset can be such a, a tricky part of it, because we have to kind of see the world a bit differently. And so not only are you helping people with their accounting, but you're also layering that with mindset coaching. Yeah, we talk a lot about what's holding our clients back. So we're doing a huge project with a lot of our clients. It's called budgeting, right? And that's a very corporate term. But really what we're doing is planning for next year. And it doesn't have to be you know, the next calendar year, the next 12 months, right? So anytime is a good time for this. And so we're going through and saying, all right, let's break the mindset issues. Let's plan for next year. What's the real growth strategy? What do you really need to spend to get there? 
What hours do you need to work in your business? How do you need to get there? So yes, it's a combination of mindset plus true bookkeeping and accounting, right? And then, and then using those numbers to make data-driven decisions and not just by our emotions. Oh, that's so powerful. How many of us are just working? We don't quite know where we're going. I think that's hilarious. You said we're doing this thing called budgeting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it feels hard for entrepreneurs. Most people say to me, I'm not big enough. I'm not there. I don't need it. Every business owner, if you are making any money whatsoever, you need a budget. You need a plan. It's called planning, right? It's just laying out a plan for next year. And honestly, it's telling your money where to go. Mm -hmm. And I think it's interesting when we, again, if we don't have a plan, I often say if we don't set our internal GPS for where it is we want to go, we're not going to go anywhere. And that's very similar with our money. If we're not telling our money where to go, then all of a sudden a year will go by and you're like, how do I have no money? <laughs> well, right. And I like the, I like the term, you know, money is energy. And, and so if you could put like strategically put your money and your energy where you want your business to go and then set those goals it makes it really intentional so if you if you set this 12 month goal or right this 12 month plan that i'm talking about and then you're 3 months in and you say all right shoot uh, you know i'm spending a lot of money in you know x category and and i didn't really wasn't planning on doing that right i that that wasn't the plan well why am i off the rails right like what did i think that strategy was going to do for me why am i not sticking to the plan or if you are sticking to the plan, right? So if your goal was to, um, we have a lot of clients who say, my goal for the next 12 months is to get back to where I was at in 2019, to get back to baseline and then start to grow again. That's a perfectly fine goal. How do we grow top line revenue? We might do paid advertising. We might hiring some marketing consultants, do some brand updates, do some training on how to do all of these new things in our business. And so you want to spend that money strategically. So my goal was to grow top line revenue. I'm planning strategically. Now I know how to measure it, right? Are those things working or not? I mean, really that's feedback, isn't it? It's, it's feedback. feedback. So then you can shift, you can pivot, you can learn, you can try a new strategy, you can double down on what's working. Yeah, double down on what's working and stop doing what's not working. I think that's the biggest thing. I hear clients tell me all the time, well, my competitor's doing, I'm like, well, maybe it's not working for your competitor either. <laughs> you know, it's not working for you. Don't keep on putting your energy in the space that you don't enjoy or you don't want to do, or is it working just because you think that it's going to work for the next person? Yeah, no, it is. It's so true. I think understanding your business finances really can give you a clear picture of what's going on. So then mm -hmm. you don't, you can make, like you said, data-based decisions rather than just like seeing what sticks. Yeah. I mean, we're emotional as entrepreneurs. I say we, right? because we all get really excited and we're all on a, uh, on a mission, right? We're, we're all passionate about what we're doing. And so how do we stay calculated, right? How do we not go into burnout mode, right? I have a lot of clients who will go into burnout because they're trying to do all the things, make money in all the ways and do all the marketing strategies and spend money in all the places, but you don't have to do all of those things, right? You just have to figure out what's, what can work and not work in your business and stop doing what's not working. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have a client where you feel like they came to you with these big dreams that weren't quite being executed in a way that was making them financially profitable? And then what shifts did you make in order to them. We had this client, she's been a client almost two years now. So she originally came to us and said, Danielle, 
I need you to teach me how to operate my business at a loss. I know I'm losing money. Teach me how to operate this business, even though I'm not making money. So this was October that she came to us originally. And we did what we call a catch-up service. And all the catch-up means is that we go back to the beginning of the year. We take all of her transactions from her bank accounts, credit cards, Square, you know, all the places, pull it into a QuickBooks file and say, all right, here's where you're at so far year to date. And then we do her bookkeeping moving forward. So we did that first initial catch-up and we said, um, honey, you're not losing money. <laughs> you're actually profitable as an LLC because you can take owner's draws. You don't have a lot of cash in your bank account because you're taking money to pay yourself personally. But from a tax standpoint, you are profitable. So not only do we need to teach you how to operate a business in a profitable standpoint, we also have to start saving for your taxes. What's interesting about that is that all of a sudden she had this giant mindset shift. She said, oh my God, I'm profitable. Wow, I've made that much money. Growth feels more possible, right? So now when she went into the next year, she's like, I am double downing because I know that I am killing it already. I just needed to understand where my cash was going. Now that I understand where my cash is going, I'm going to spend more money on the strategies that's working. What's really cool is that the two years that we've been working with her, she was a brand strategist. She did website development and brand. She then started a networking group in Cleveland. Then that turned into a, a mastermind, another local one. Now, this year, we're watching her get a national mastermind. She's got over 100 people signed up into these, these masterminds. It's a national networking group, and she's looking to hold a conference, right? So if she wouldn't have came to us, though, and she wouldn't have realized that she was profitable and that she thought that she was losing money and she couldn't invest in her business and in herself, she would have never gotten there. Why do you think so many entrepreneurs put their head in the sand and say, I don't know what's happening and I don't want to know. It seems too hard to figure it out. Because it's hard and it's scary. You know, I didn't think it's funny. When I first got started at Kickstart, I didn't think that there was such a thing as mindset. I was like, that's such a fluffy term. And now after six years of being in the business, I'm like, wow, mindset is so real. Right? Entrepreneurship is like a personal development program with compensation attached. Yes. <laughs> Uh, it, it, it is so true. And I just think it's something that we hold a lot of stories, right? Maybe our parents uh, were afraid to spend money. Our parents were afraid to talk about money. Our parents talked about money too often. They talked about their lack thereof. Or maybe you started a business earlier in your life and it didn't work out. Or you've heard a story about somebody else's business not working out, right? So we hold all these stories. And then your your finances can be like, uh, I had a client tell me recently, she's like, every month when, when you guys send me my finances, I feel like I'm getting my report card. And she's like, I hold my breath every time. Like, I don't want to open your email because I'm going to get my report card. <laughs> it is. It's like an adult report card a little bit. <laughs> it is. It is. But it's a really important report card. You know what I mean? Because if you don't look at that information, you don't, you don't get it. You don't know what's working and not working. So and it's your job as the business owner to read the story your numbers are trying to tell you, right? So what gets measured, you can build upon it, right? And so that's really important. So I think that people are just afraid to see, is it working? That is the question, isn't it? I think I think at the end of the day, people are don't want to be disappointed in themselves or they don't want to feel like what they're doing isn't working. When the reality is, is like your client, it could be, it could be. Yeah. And if it's not working, like if you really are in debt, I love you said the numbers are telling you a story. They're telling you 
a bit of what's going on. So you can make shifts and pivots. And it's really hard to do that if you don't have the whole story. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, what would you say for a new entrepreneur, a new business owner who's like, I don't even know where to start with trying to figure out my finances? What would you have them do? First steps, you know, depending on how new you are, um, just like kind of a quick checklist. Make sure with your state, you're structured properly. So LLC, sole proprietor, get your tax identification number, go open up your business checking account. I don't care how small you are. You need to separate your personal income from your business income. You need to separate your personal expenses from your business expenses. This is really, really important. Legally, from the eyes of the IRS, you could just be hobby income. And if you want to be able to take those tax deductions, which if you are making any money whatsoever, or you started a business, you need to be taking those tax deductions. But in order to be able to take those tax deductions, you need to separate your personal from your business. So that's really, really important. And then once that's separated, I want you to be that person who's, you know, in Target with two credit cards, right? So anything that's personal goes on the personal credit card. Anything that's business goes on the business credit card. And then from there, we do have some people who are really early on who like to keep track of their income and expenses in a Google Doc or maybe Wave, which is a free accounting software. I encourage everyone though, the beginning of your business is the best time to get into an accounting software like Xero or QuickBooks because long-term, you'll be so excited that you have all those reports and you'll have all that history and all that information on your business. Data helps you make future decisions so you can read all that data from the past. Um, so I encourage everybody get into an accounting system as, as soon as possible. And if you need help, make sure you ask for help, right? There's a ton of resources out there for us entrepreneurs. So just like getting the marketing help that you might need, it's the same thing here. Just because you wear all the hats in your business doesn't mean you have to wear all the hats in your business. Well, and part of being a business owner and entrepreneur is knowing where you thrive and knowing where you need support. I say, do what you love and outsource the rest. And so part <laughs> of it is truly figuring out how to outsource. And I love that you offer a space for female entrepreneurs to outsource what they might not love so you can give them more time and freedom to do what they do best. Yeah, absolutely. When we first started our business, and we are accountants, right? But I, I went to go file my tax return that first year. And I'm a CPA, I can do taxes, but it's not my specialty. I like doing the the, the business, <laughs> you know, the, the, the business accounting, not the tax side. So I'm on my way to meet with my old tax accountant that my, my parents used for forever and ever. And I was a nervous wreck. I knew this guy was going to judge me and I was nervous about what he was going to say and how small I was. And, and, I, and I left there like, oh, I never want to feel that way again. And I don't want other people to feel that way. So our team, the number one thing that we do is tell people, find somebody that you can ask questions to, that you don't have to feel so big, right? You can be just who you are and come and ask questions. I love working with entrepreneurs and I love creating this like safe space, like mama bear hug, <laughs> no judgment, here for you. So if you do go get help, make sure that you're finding somebody who you don't have to feel that stress and anxiety. I was going to say, I think it's really powerful to have a space where we can talk about something as vulnerable as money and not feel like you're being talked down to. I think yes. there's a lot of areas of life that have been, I don't know, controlled isn't the word, maybe like overpowered with yeah. these old hats that 
you know, yeah. I'm just thinking of my Merrill Lynch guy right now. And I'm like, I do not enjoy talking to him because when I leave, I feel this big. Exactly. And, exactly. and I think when you really need to be vulnerable, finances are vulnerable. Here are my offers. Are they good enough? I'm not sure. Here's how much, and how, here's my client list. Is it good enough? I'm not sure. I mean, entrepreneurship in itself, it can bring up a lot of self-doubt and vulnerability as you're launching your heart into the world. And so to have a space to talk about that with somebody who's going to honor and respect your journey and not expect you to be anywhere you're not already right now, like where you are right now is perfectly okay. Let's just measure it, monitor it so we can move forward and help you continue to grow is really powerful because it is such a vulnerable place, especially for women. Yeah. And when you ask me why we think that people put their head in the sand, that's probably part of it, right? We hear from clients all the time. I had a... I had a bookkeeper, I had some, I had my, my tax accountant doing it, but you know, they never wanted to call me back. They never answered my emails. I felt too small. You know, those are probably all go into the story too. We had a bookkeeper for a while and my husband was like, I don't want them to know how much we're spending on Facebook ads. Like he felt so <laughs> vulnerable having them see. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think that is such an interesting space that you guys provide, especially for female entrepreneurs. Now, I see here that you use KPIs to make business decisions. Tell me a little bit about what that means. There's like hundreds of KPIs. KPIs are key performance indicators. They are usually quick calculations to help you track your business, right? With numbers. This could be simple ones like your cash balance week to week, your accounts receivable, money owed to you balances each week. This could be your loan debt balances monitored week to week. And then we can get a little bit more sophisticated. We can say, all right, what's my net income month to month and monitor that. How many clients does it take for us to break even? What are all our operating expenses, inventory costs? And then how many clients do I need in order to be able to just hit zero, right? And then if I have a goal of making $100,000 a year, how many clients or products do I need to sell in order to get to $100,000 a year? So KPIs can be a way of measuring your numbers week to week and then used to be able to set goals for the future. And not every KPI can be used for every single business. So I always tell people, start to explore KPIs that might help you make decisions about your business and then throw out the others. Don't feel like you have to run every KPI that is known to man. What would you say is the most basic financial numbers every business owner should know? I want you to track every month, not your sales. I want you to, to track your net sales. So that means sales minus cost of goods sold. Your cost of goods sold means any inventory that you have to pay for, or if you pay anybody or yourself to deliver a service. So minus that goods or service is your net sales. I want you to monitor that. And then I want you to monitor your operating expenses month to month. This is really important because as people start to make money, they sign up for every subscription and course and advertising. People get really excited once they start making money. And so if you start to see your your expenses really hit a trajectory. And for a lot of people, we see it surpass their sales. So we want to monitor our operating expenses. And then the third one would be your net income or loss. And so that is a, a really important one to monitor uh, month over month. One, it helps you save for your taxes. So if you have a profit, you need to be saving for your taxes. If you have a loss, then it's time to double down on our revenue generating activities or start cutting costs. Awesome. Awesome. So tell me, as you transitioned from employee to entrepreneur, 
I mean, I, I hear your heart, right? Like, oh my gosh, entrepreneurs need this type of information, not just corporations, but you know, stay-at-home moms who want to sell jewelry or the coaching industry that's booming or all of these things where people are like are, are living in their passion and often working from home and not in a corporation. You want to provide a service to them, but you had to grow too. You had to step yeah. from employee to entrepreneur. So share with me a story or a couple things that you had to do as you were making that transition. I think the biggest one is guilt of not working all the time. So at first I had started the business while I was still working full-time, eventually saved and, and left my, my corporate job. And then we started to hire. So we have, we have several bookkeepers who work with us at Kickstart. And as we started to hire, and then I hired an operations manager who was helping me with the administration pieces of it. I felt so guilty if I wasn't at my desk from nine to five. And I, I felt so guilty handing things off to my team or learning how to get out of their way. You know, then I'd give them something, but then I was like still in their way and they couldn't serve clients to the best of their abilities, right? I was still trying to be the middleman between my team and the client. And then finally I said, Danielle, get the hell out of their way. And it was amazing to watch them flourish, right? Because now I'm not sitting as a middleman. Now they could really do their job well. And learning what I'm, what am I personally passionate about, right? Like you don't have to sit at the desk nine to five. You, you can have power hours, right? And, and work you know, for the morning and get everything that you need to get done. So I started setting, what are the five things I need to get done for the day? And when I'm done, I don't have to sit at my desk anymore. Get, get up and, and do something else that you're passionate about. And that's where fitness comes in. Woo, we can talk about that next. Um, but I think that's so true. I mean, that's one of the stories, right? That's one of those stories. And when you come from a corporation, from an employee mindset to entrepreneur is I work nine to five. I sit at a desk. I don't move. This is my get one or two breaks. And often we're overworked, right? So we've got piles of work and we're never done at a corporation. And not that that doesn't change. Like we've got a lot of work when we're entrepreneurs because we're the only ones that really are in charge. But, but what happens is you can do it differently. You can work differently. So you can work a couple hours in the morning play with your kids and work a couple hours at night. Or you can delegate some things to outside contractors or employees so that it's not all on your plate and set yourself up to run a profitable business, but not being a slave to it, which I think is a really powerful shift. Yes, I know for me, I had to shift my mom stories. So when I was building my organization, I had a lot of guilt of like, oh my gosh, there's not this home cooked meal on the table every night. And, oh, I, you know, maybe I should be doing this differently or that differently uh, because my mom was a stay at home mom. And then I realized my mom wasn't building a multi-million dollar organization. So I could not <laughs> like compare our, our, our lives. Right. Yeah. And so we get to rethink our employee stories. We get to rethink the way we work. We get to rethink what our home life looks like now that we're working from home. You know, all of that stuff gets to shift. And I often have people ask themselves, what do I want? What do I want my life to look like? Do I want to be a slave to my job? Do I want to put in time for fun? Because really the world's our oyster and we get to create that. So tell me about your boys, or I'm sorry, you have two kids. I have two boys. That's why I said that. Okay. <laughs> um, tell me about your kiddos and then the fitness stuff that you do. I have a daughter. My oldest is a girl and then my youngest is a boy. And I feel really, really thankful for being able to be at 
at home right now. Although I spend a good portion of my day still work, right? I, I still want to be present in my business. I want to work hard. I love to work hard. So I have to set very clear boundaries. Like, all right, here are the times that I'm going to be in my office. And then here are the times that I'm going to come out. And now that they're virtual learning, they both have a lunch break. And so I've actually been blocking out my calendar during their lunch break. And I leave my phone in my office and I walk out and I have lunch with them and have a conversation with them. And I make sure that I can drive them to all their practices because my daughter's going to be 16 soon. So pretty soon she's not going to even get in a car with me. And so I'm like, I need to cherish the last little bit of time that I have with her in the car with me. So for me, I said, all right, the, you know, these are the times that I want to make sure that I'm fully present with them and I get to enjoy that time with them. And I'm so thankful for having this business for both myself and my team, because we're all able to be at home with our kids during this crazy COVID time. Yeah, absolutely. And and really, I know our state in Michigan, our state employees are now working from home until March. And so I, I don't see it changing very quickly. I, I feel like the pivot to online really needs to, if you're a business and you're thinking, I'm just going to wait until expos are a thing again, I'm going to wait till I can do live events. I'm going to wait um, you might be waiting uh, quite a while. And so the ability to pivot and do your business online is a powerful thing. Yeah, don't wait. I mean, we've seen so many incredible conferences go from in-person to online. I've spoken at several of them and I've attended several of them. And actually, I think that people are starting to learn how to do it online. I know we're all sick, kind of sick and tired of Zoom, but they're still really impactful. And guess what? I was able to speak at more events this year than I ever have because I don't have to travel, right? I have two kids that I had to be very specific about which conferences and what I was going to do in the past because I couldn't leave them every weekend or every week to go traveling. You know, we mentioned the fitness thing. So we also travel for these Spartan races. And so we'd like to go travel to the Spartan races. So originally when I planned out 2020, I'm like, all right, which weeks am I going to travel for business? What weeks can I travel to go to a Spartan race? I'm like, okay, you're leaving your kids. To <laughs> you're going to have to scratch half of that. Yeah. Don't wait to pivot because there's some awesome stuff. And we're watching a lot of our clients who have pivoted and, and gone online have incredible success this year. I love that. So tell me, what is the Profit Planner? The Profit Planner is a 12-week planner. I'm a big runner. And so we structured this book around the same concept of a training plan. You don't go out and run a marathon because you say you're going to run a marathon next week, right? You have to plan for the marathon. You have to start at the beginning. You have to build the building blocks. You have to have a foundation. And so each day you do a small task to train for that goal. So the planner is the same thing. I want you to get momentum, right? So the goal is profitable business, right? So that's my end goal, but I'm not going to get there tomorrow if I don't have any of the foundations in place. So the first 12 weeks is the Profit Planner Foundations, where we every week there's a goal, every day there's a task, and each day as you complete that task, you get momentum. And the more momentum you get, uh, the more each piece builds on each other. And there's a ton of those. We talked about KPIs earlier. If you're like, ah, none of that KPI junk made sense, we have a ton of key performance indicators and a nice chart in the in the planner. I'm super excited. We launched the ebook version of this. So we have hard copy for people who like pen and paper and then the ebook for people who like to do things online. Awesome. It is. It just it sounds like it really just allows you to I say brain dump, but really just get everything out of what's what's currently happening and then set your goals and plan for the future. So you are setting your financial GPS, telling yes. your finances where you want to go. And then you have a plan to follow. 
you know, I think some of the entrepreneur second guessing or feeling on the hamster wheel is when you're just throwing things against the wall to see if they stick. Really creating a plan allows you to run because then you don't have to think anymore. You already know what your goal is. You know what the plan is. You can always pivot if you need to. The worst thing is to just try a range yeah. of stuff without really knowing. So I love this planning tool. And you actually have um, given our listeners a financial goal setting worksheet, and they can get that at the profitplannerbookkeeping.com slash dreamcast. So is there anything about that that you would like to speak on? Yeah, absolutely. So the financial goal setting worksheet is our strategic framework that we use. It's our first step to every budgeting process. You know, we talked earlier about the budget planning session. It's the first step in that session. That is the worksheet that we use with every single client that we take through that planning session. So if that sounded interesting to you, go check out the goal setting worksheet and it'll take you through that first few steps. And if if this felt interesting, the planner is a great way to walk you through how to do kind of DIY bookkeeping, right? It'll help you set the foundations. Um, So it's a great way to learn more if you want to do more on your own. And if you're out there and this feels overwhelming and you're like, gosh, I just wish I had some help at the same link that you mentioned, come book a call with me. It's I take every single strategy call on my own. So you'll talk to me directly. And I'd love to hear more about uh, your listeners and their businesses. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, thank you so much, Danielle, for your wisdom and your heart today. I love that as women entrepreneurs, we can truly hone in on our strengths, band together, and we all can thrive. And I think you have a very unique and needed skill set in this venue. So uh, thank you so much for sharing today, you guys. And check out the Profit Planner, uh, bookkeeping.com slash dreamcast to get your financial goal worksheet And all of the links to everything that Danielle does will be found in the show notes below. So thank thank you. you so much. Have an amazing day. Thanks so much for hanging out with us today. I want to hear your aha moment from today's amazing episode. If you could leave a review at whatever podcast player you choose to listen from, Apple Podcast, CastBox, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you're listening from, leave a review and share with us your favorite part of today's episode. Thanks for hanging out. And remember to dream big.